Hey, welcome to After Church Apologetics. I'm Courtney Seacrest here with Dr. Chris Jakeway and Pastor Leo Wilson, and we're inviting you to join us today in uncovering the truths that will challenge, inspire, and expand your perspective on Christianity. So let's get started. Today's question is, is all sin the same? Is any sin greater than another? I think biblically we'd say all sins are the same in terms of being an offense to God. They're all examples of unrighteousness. And all sins are the same in terms of requiring forgiveness. So in that sense, we're all equally sinful before God. In Romans 3, 22 to 23, righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So all sins are the same in the sense that any individual sin means you won't go to heaven, regardless of how big or little that sin may seem to us, because God's nature is perfect holiness. That's why we need a Savior. So Paul continues in verse 24 on how all believers have their sins forgiven through The redemption that came by Jesus Christ on the cross, God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. So in that sense, all sins are the same, but sins can be greater or lesser than others in terms of their consequences. Hating a person is obviously sin, but has different different consequences and penalties than murdering that person. Uh, So in that sense, clearly some sins are worse than others. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 28, a lot of people know this passage, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Both are sins, but the physical act of adultery has greater consequences and it impacts more people. Yeah, there's a couple of examples where scripture shows that although all sin needs to be atoned for, it does matter. Like the sin does have an impact in in maybe like level or category. For example, in Numbers 15, 22 through 31, it dictates like the difference of, hey, there's intentional sins and here's how you atone for those. Like, you know, here's here's the sacrifice you need to make for that. I won't go through and read the whole thing. But then when you get to verse 27, it says, hey, if one person sins unintentionally, then here's how this is handled. So already God is setting up this idea of like, hey, if if it's an accidental thing, that's one way. It's still a sin, still a problem, but there's a different way of addressing it. Also in the New Testament, John 19, 11, Jesus is talking to an authority over him and he says, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. Christ himself is implying there that, hey, there's this idea of you can do something and it's a higher level of sin than something else. Once again, in Mark 3, 29, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of an eternal sin. In in 1 John 5, 16, John mentions something else of like this idea of an eternal sin. He says, there is a sin that leads to death. He says, I'm not talking about that, nor am I saying that you should pray about that. But this category of like, wait, is there an unforgivable sin? 
Um, we would say, yeah, actually, according to those passages, this idea, though, isn't in all the categories of the other ones. It's the idea of saying, I don't want anything to do with God, which that defines the idea of having a relationship with God and going to heaven and having a relationship with him. So he is distinguishing like there is a sin. And that is when you just say, I want nothing to do with you. Right. The rejection of Christ isn't something that can be forgiven. Right. This is also, I think, a in talking about sin, a good opportunity to mention something else that seems to confuse many Christians. I think one of the most popular words in churches today is the word grace, that subject of sin and grace, because no matter what happens, no matter what anyone does, it's just grace it out, people, grace, grace. Yeah, but he did grace, grace. Yeah, but what about grace? I mean, you hear this all the time, right? Here's the thing about grace. Grace does not mean that there should be no consequences for sinful actions. Grace is about forgiveness, and God's grace is indeed sufficient to cover any sin. And believers also should forgive others. But even if a person repents, that doesn't mean that there are no negative outcomes for that person's actions. Look, if a church treasurer uh, is caught embezzling money from the church and say this has been you know, happening for a long period of time, uh, God wants to forgive that person and the congregation should also but it doesn't mean that person necessarily gets to keep the job as treasurer, right? <laughs> that there are consequences. There may be another role for that person, but it shouldn't involve handling money. But we know in any church, there would be people shouting grace as if uh, uh, they're sort of on a higher plane and you really mean pharisaical Christians want to the fire, uh, the church treasurer. What about grace, people? Grace. Grace is about forgiveness. It doesn't mean there are no consequences to actions. If a murder genuinely repents, God's grace indeed covers his sin. But grace doesn't mean he gets to avoid prison. Yeah. Right? Uh, seems to be a lot of confusion about that these days. You know, the uh, uh, church pastor has an affair and... And there are people saying, well, grace, grace. Yes, indeed, he should be forgiven. If he seeks uh, God, he's forgiven, and the congregation should forgive him also. But something like that so compromises a person's ability to lead that it doesn't make sense to stay in that position. It's why Paul says to Timothy, when he's qualifying deacons and in, in, in pastors in the church, there's this idea of like, okay, you know, a, a level of, Hey, if you're this, you need to have this level of like, you know, loving and your family in order. And it starts to show like a little bit lesser down at the deacon. And that's the point of the consequences greater for that position. That, that's why there's a hierarchy there. So yes, you're still going to forgive that person for the sin. Yes. You can still love that person, but like, the qualifications there mean that the the punishment or the consequence is different for that. Yeah, it, it, it's just a misunderstanding as to what forgiveness means. It doesn't mean that uh, the circumstances won't change. It means that God and others should forgive a person. There's another way in which sins can be greater that we don't always think about. 
And that is in terms of an unbeliever in hell, Scripture makes it clear that there are degrees of punishment in hell. For some believers, because of their sins, it will be worse for them than for others. Jesus says this in Matthew 10, 15. Uh, in Matthew 11, verses 20 to 22, Jesus compared unbelievers in different cities. He says, uh, Matthew writes, Jesus began to denounce the cities in which most of his miracles had been performed because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. If the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes, which are symbols of repentance. I tell you, it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. So again, all sins require forgiveness, but they may have different consequences. You know, I think that point of grace, I didn't plan on going this way, but like I've had just this week, I had a couple of people come up to me and talk about forgiveness. Like, how can I forgive somebody? And these are things like uh, being abused as children, or how do I forgive like my, my dad for the way he treated my mom, like an abuse. And I have to differentiate that because they think for some reason, they think that forgiveness equates like justification. Like if you say, I forgive you, that it means what they did was okay. Yeah. Or absolving them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or it's mm -hmm. like, everything's back to normal. And it's like, actually that's, that's the contrary. Um, it doesn't have to mean that at all. It, as a matter of fact, it might say you forgive them, but it's not like you have to go and live with somebody who's abusing you. You know, like it doesn't mean like, oh, I'm just going to pretend like it's okay. It, it could sever that relationship forever. And you can still forgive them. And people are like, that doesn't seem like forgiveness. I'm like, I think you have the wrong understanding of what forgiveness is then. You know, I'm like, granted, our father forgives us for our sin and he, he wants that relationship, but we're not harming him. Right. And, and there's earthly relationships here where we have to be very honest about the idea of like this. This is one of those things where you can forgive that person and you can still love that person, but you don't have to put yourself in that physical proximity of that person to do that. Yeah. And you, this reminds me of how you have taught me to look at questions that people ask. And the question is, why are they asking it? And I feel like a lot of times when people are asking, is all sin the same? Is any sin greater than another? Is about like justification. Usually when you hear that phrase, it's somebody's done something bad. Maybe a pastor's had a moral failure. Well, we're all sinners and all sin is the same. And you know, we should all be treated equally. So what would you say to somebody who might have that opinion? Yeah. I think the case that I can think of when you do that is when two people are doing it and it's like this person, I'll just, I'll just pick abuse, you know, is, is beating his spouse, you know, and, and they're like, okay, you know, but you sinned too. You sat there and, you know, um, told a lie, mm -hmm. you know, on something. And it's like, so we're even. Yeah. Okay. Look, there's, those are different. Yes. Both need to be atoned for but like the consequences on, on our earth are a lot different there. And you, you don't get just to equate that and say, well, it's one for one. It's like, no, there's, there's a big difference there, you know? Yeah. I think it's also one of these phrases that people assume is somewhere in the Bible somewhere. I think that kind of talked about that in our ethics book that we read, like also is the same. People think that that's written somewhere in scripture. Yeah. I would love to hear Chris one time. Maybe we should do a podcast on this, like of all these things that everybody's like, 
you know, the Bible says, and it's like, actually, that is not in God the Bible. God helps those who help themselves. Yes, there's yeah, one. <laughs> it could be a whole list of things. Yeah. Well, and Leo, you, I think you may remember, we were uh, working with a college ministry once where there was uh, a guy who did a whole message to college students about, I forget what the title was, but the idea was if you're dating how far you could go physically with without it being wrong. Do, do you remember what I I'm talking about? I do remember what you're talking about. And, yeah. I, and, uh, and, and I remember talking to this guy later saying, you know, basically you're saying, I want to get as close to sin as I possibly can with not actually doing it. So sometimes people talk about this, greater and lesser sin idea because they want to see what they can get away with. Yeah. You you want to do it to a certain point, but not really bad, that kind of thing. And, and, you know, I just said, obviously we're asking the wrong question here, if that's the motivation. There's also the view that because there's grace, it's, we can just do whatever we want. We can just go on and, it's okay because there's grace for you. So, oh, I remember being in a small group Bible study where I had it was high school students, and one of them specifically said, and he was just very honest. He's like, I committed that sin, and I I said to myself in my head, I'm like, I know God will forgive me for it. Like before mm-hmm. I do it, like premeditated, like I'm going to do this, but I know God will forgive me for it. And I was like, Hey, man, thank you for being so honest, but think about what you're saying there. I'm like, that is, that is, I think what Bonhoeffer calls cheap grace, you know, like, yeah. like you're not seeing that the right way. Like or it's, like when Paul says in Romans six, do we keep on sinning oh, right. so, so that it, grace can abound? Right. By no means. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's, we don't want to, we don't want to take advantage of that um, and dismiss it. So. Thanks for hanging out with us on After Church Apologetics today. To submit a question for a future episode of our show, you can email us at podcast at bcfriends.org. Remember, the pursuit of truth is ongoing, so we'd like to encourage you to continue seeking and engaging with the topics that we've discussed for yourselves. And as we conclude this episode, we want to remind you that respectful dialogue can bridge gaps and build connections. We'll see you next time.